Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Eric Kuhner. So back in the 80s, there was this uh, movie called Trading Places. Some of you may have seen it, you may have heard of it. Uh, two actors in it, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Eddie Murphy played these these characters. Aykroyd's uh, character was, he was a successful stockbroker, worked for a couple billionaires, and Eddie Murphy was this con artist who lived basically on the street trying to earn money any way he can. And so you see these two different two different people. And so the, the people that Aykroyd worked for, these two old men, decided to do do a, a little experiment or to make a bet with each other on if they could take Eddie Murphy's character, this con artist who was in jail, who had been arrested, if they could take his character and swap him with this, this successful tycoon, this, this person that had everything, who was spoon-fed most of his life, had everything he ever needed, had, you know, this job, money, a home, car, fame, all this that he needed. They're going to say, we're going to, we're going to see if we can't swap these and do this in, in a, this kind of an experiment. We're going to make a bet on it. If, if the character that Eddie Murphy's playing could be successful. And so what they did, they basically took and, and set up Aykroyd's character to be this thief, drug dealer. They, they stripped him of everything. They, they, his title, his home, his money, all that he had, put him out on the street. He was, he was arrested for all these false claims they had. And then they go and they, they take Eddie Murphy's character and they set him up to be, to be successful. They give him all that Aykroyd's already had, his home, his money, his job, his clothes. He began to dress differently. All of a sudden you saw this, this transition of identity begin to take place. One who was successful loses everything. One that had nothing all of a sudden is given everything. And so they go through this experiment. And here Eddie, Eddie Murphy's playing the part. He's got the suit. He's got the new clothes. He's, he's, he's beginning to figure out what even the stock market is all about. I still don't understand half of it when I see it. I, I, I know there's just things that are happening all the time. But he begins to figure it out. He begins to be successful. He figures the business out. So throughout the movie, eventually these two characters meet. Because Ackroyd's trying to figure out, how in the world did I lose everything? How did I get set up? How did I lose all that I had? And now I'm in this position, basically himself becoming a criminal, looking to criminal methods to try to get back to where he was. So these two eventually run into each other and they kind of figure out what has happened. They figure out these, these two old millionaires had made this bet to see what could happen in the midst of this environment. So these two devise a plan to ruin their business, to take all their money and make a, a false a false thing that they can invest in in some kind of concentrated orange juice or something like that. And, and so it ruins them as they come together. We've heard the phrase, maybe you've heard the phrase that clothes make the men. And kind of in this movie is what took place. The transition, the identity swap, what took place is that the clothes kind of made who Eddie Murphy was. They, all of a sudden, then the investment into his life. And I think sometimes as Christians, that could be true of us as well. In a spiritually sense, that the clothes, the, the, the old can become new and make us to be different is not physically putting on a new outfit and saying, oh, now I've dressed differently. Now I'm spiritually where I need to be. No, uh, we're, we're still in our Ephesians uh, series on being the church in Ephesians chapter four, verses 20 through 24. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus, have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts 
and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. It's a transition of identity. It's an understanding here. What Paul is writing is like, you basically knew better. You knew better in your life. He's making reference to, to last week as we, as Pastor Patrick was talking about turning from those sins. Thing, and not to live as Gentiles do. Not to live in that way of sin. They didn't know better. They weren't raised in a place of understanding. Paul's saying to them, you know better. You've been taught differently. But still those things begin to creep into your life. The old man begins to creep in your life. The old way of living, those deceitful things. And so what he's saying is throw off the old nature. Get rid of those thoughts. Get rid of those, those ways of living. It's transition into who you're meant to be. So if you imagine yourself that if you come in from work and you've been in the fields all day or depends on where you're working at or just imagine with us, this is, you're one of these that you're having to be in the field. You're working, you're, you're dirty, your clothes are dirty, you're sweaty, You've got, you, you stink, or maybe you've got that stank. You know, there's a difference between stink and stank because that stank is like, just like deep and people just smell you coming from a mile away. It's like, man, no, you stank. It's just like that dirty, it's like, whoa, eye-watering kind of experience. And you, you, you're like that. And so all day you've been out. And I mean, you've been working, you've been in the sun, you've been in the dirt, you've been in things you shouldn't be stepping in. And you're like, oh, I stepped in that. And it's all, and it's just like, do you carry that with you? And in the evening you come home, you don't just walk in the house with all that you have on you and sit down in the chair and be like, oh, and take and start beginning to eat. No, you don't take the dirt, the grime, the smell, the nastiness that you have with you. you, you some of you would probably by the time you got to the front door, you're already stripped down, you're coming in, you're changing, you're getting rid of that old person before you walk into the next environment in your life. And what, what it is is that transition. We don't do that. We don't just say, hey, I'm going to take with me into my home into my life the old things the dirtiness the nastiness and so there has to be this this willingness to say i want to take the old things away away so paul what he's saying here and uh is to put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows according to the deceitful lust so here see the old man is a representation of those old things those old desires those old way of living is to put off the former conduct to not turn back to not go the different direction it's willing to say i'm not going to live i used to live to be somebody that's different. I'm not going to carry these things into my life. And the thing is, if we feed that old nature, we feed that old desire, it will continue to grow. It will continue to become stronger in our life. Paul's saying you have to be willing to cut the head off of it. You have to be willing to completely do something radical in your life to say, I'm not going to be this old person. I have to transition into somebody that's different. I can't live in both worlds. I can't... Con- can come to a place of a relationship with Jesus and continue to walk in the old ways. There has to be some separation. There has to be something in your life that you're willing to say, these things have to change because that old way has been something that's been something that's, that's devastating. It's destructive. It's not life giving. We have to be willing to put to death daily, die daily to the things in our life, willing to say to the old man, you do not belong. You can't have place in my life. You still need to do something after you've really to get rid of those old clothes. You go in, you allow yourself to be cleaned up. Then you put on new clothes. You don't go in and take a shower after you've taken the old clothes off, get out of the shower, dry off, and then put the old clothes right back on. But spiritually, that's what some of us do. We struggle in that world as we have the old things. We want God to clean us up, but then we go right back to the same things that we've already been doing. 
we're holding on. We're living and trying to live in both places. And we're saying, well, I'm clean, but I'm still doing the same things that I used to do. I'm still carrying the same garbage, smelling the same way, doing the same thing. And God's saying, you have to make a decision of who you're going to be. I don't know if you've ever been to camp with a bunch of fourth and fifth grade boys. And maybe you know where I'm going with this. But I, something transitions in a, in a young boy's mind when he gets to camp for a whole week. That all of a sudden water is like the worst thing possible that could ever happen to, to get into. Like to take a shower and soap. It's like, no, no, no. I don't. I, something happens in that atmosphere where kids are like, nope, I'm not taking a shower all week long. I'm going to see if I can carry this stank with me. And I'm going to tell you, you should know, fourth and fifth grade boys, middle school boys, they can carry a massive stink with them, especially if they choose not to clean themselves, shower all week, or change their clothes. I, I know last year I, I got a chance to sp- speak at Blue Water, and the first night came in, saw the kids, and kind of got, got a chance to meet with students and seeing them come in. One kid kind of stood out. He was a bit taller, had a cool outfit on. Um, next morning, I see him again. He's got the same cool outfit. I was like, oh, that's, that's okay. Maybe he just kind of wore in. He wore the same thing the next day. That evening, same thing. Next morning, same set of clothes. I'm like, maybe he's got five sets of clothes. Maybe he really likes this, this shirt, these shorts. He really loves this outfit. Uh, you know, Wednesday night rolls around, you're in service again, same clothes on. I'm like, all right, I don't think my eyes are playing tricks on me, especially by Thursday morning when he walked by me. I was like, nope, that's the same set of clothes he's had on all week because my nose did not lie to me. The Friday morning, so this kid had the same set of clothes on from Monday till Friday morning till he, when he got off the bus at camp until he got on the bus to go home. Same set of clothes. I know his mama did not send him to camp with one set of clothes. I hope she didn't, or hope they didn't, but here he is, one set of clothes the whole week. I don't know if he was going and taking a shower, if they said, no, you gotta go to the shower, and he's putting on the same clothes. I don't know. But a lot of us kind of live in that, that realm of like, we want to stay in the old and we think we, we want to get cleaned up and we, but we go right back to the same method of putting on the same clothes, the same stuff in our life. Some of us spiritually do that. The thing is, when we first become a Christian, we get rid of some of those old habits, some of those old ways of living, and we, we live clean for a while, but if we don't replace the old with something new, then that spirit's going to come back. Those things come back, and sometimes they're even stronger, and sometimes even harder to get rid of in our life. We have to understand when we clean the things of our life, we have to replace it with something new or that clutter is going to continue to build. The garbage is going to come back into our life. We have to be willing to put off the old man and you've got to put on the new or the old man will come right back. The old way of thinking and living. The old way of thinking and living is usually what gets us in trouble. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child... I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, or when I, some translation says, when I grew up, I gave up childish ways. So we're going to look here for for a minute just on that child perspective. Because as Christians, not knowing or having a relationship with Jesus, as Paul was referring to the Gentiles, or more or less in that childlike state, that childish nature, but he's saying to those that, to the Ephesians there, you know better that you ought to do better. Don't be like them, but be who I've called you to be. Don't allow things of this world to distract you or to take you away for the purpose I have in you. Paul's admonition to believers here is to put away childish things, their childish speaking, their childish thinking, and childish reasonings 
are to be put away. We all know that children can pitch a fit every once in a while. They can have a little temper tantrum and if they don't get their way. They can kick, they can scream, they can cry. I've walked through many a store. I've seen many people watching their child running around, crying, wanting this, wanting that. They don't get their way. They're, they're getting louder and louder. Next thing you know, here's the phone. Be quiet, right? Just solve it all. They finally get what they want. They're, what they're desiring is their attention. Sometimes these traits can be carried over into adulthood as well, if not dealt with. Paul writes in the last days that people will become ungodly. That people will become ungodly. That old nature, the old lifestyle, in, in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, through 5, he said, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And he says, avoid such people. To avoid such people, he's talking, as he's saying to Timothy, avoid such people. For us, to avoid such people, I think we even take it a step further, is to avoid such attitude, such nature, such behavior. Not only is he giving us a warning, he's understanding what we're going to be continue to see if we choose to live in a way of the old man. Stealing to use and live in the old way of thinking, the old way of living. This is who people will be coming. He's giving that warning. If you make a decision to walk that way, to try to live in both worlds, this is what's going to happen. And we're seeing it more and more these days. We see these behaviors all the time. Not just in the world, but we see it in our jobs and people around us. We see it in every place that we go. The thing is, God's will for the believer is spiritual, spiritual maturity. He desires that you be mature. He's tired, he desires that you continue to grow in his word, that you continue to grow in faith and righteousness and holiness. In 1 Corinthians 14, 20, it says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. Be mature. Come to a place of growth. Come to a place that, of understanding. Come to a place of, of basically growing up in who God is, living up into what God has for us. Ephesians four thirteen through 15. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So what Paul's writing here is that we need to come to a place of spiritual maturity in all matters. That begins with study, learn and understand God's word, allow his word to be what influences us and not what we think we know, but what he wants us to know and what he already knows. The thing is, when we begin to submit ourselves to God, to his will, his way, his desires, then there will be a shift in the way we begin to think and live. When we position ourselves in a place to learn, to gain knowledge and understanding of who God is, there's going to be a shift. We're not going to be swayed by everything that's out there, every opinion, everything that's said, every false religion, every false doctrine. Because we have been grounded, we have begun to understand what God's word is trying to teach us, and we begin to grow in that. When we do that, it's going to lead to a new way 
of thinking. Lead to a new way of thinking. Ephesians 4, 22 through 23, as we've already read, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. To let the Holy Spirit renew us. To give us a new way of thinking. To renew our mind. You know, we look at the thing is the, the mind a lot of time is the root cause of sin and corruption and deceitful lust. If you want to gain victory over sin, you've got to begin with your mind. That's why the importance of armoring up every day. The putting all that helmet that protects our mind. The mind is what leads to the direction of our heart, which leads to our actions. The mind is attacked. The mind is what the enemy goes after because we are compelled to do what we do by what we think and what we see and what we hear. That's why we have to be very cautious and careful that every day we get up and we guard our mind. Well, what we allow to come into our lives, what we allow to come in to what we think and how we perceive and what we see. It's very important and very vital. That's why he's saying put on that armor. That's why he's saying put on that helmet. Because what you think determines who you are and how you behave. You know, physically we hear you, you are what you eat, but also spiritually you are who you think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so he is. So if you have sinful behavior and you have sinful actions which come from that old man, you've got to stop him from doing the thinking. You've got to protect your mind. That is what is meant by the spirit of your mind. Your mind is not renewed simply by gaining knowledge. It's by changing the way you think. It's by allowing the Holy Spirit to renew you. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to change within you and how you think. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So now we've said, let the Holy Spirit change the way you think. Let God transform you in the way you think. Now there's this connection. There's this thing that's beginning to understand. If we look throughout Scripture, God's Word is showing us over and over what you are to think on, what you are to dwell in. How, and he's saying, let the Holy Spirit and let God and that relationships transform you. God's not going to transform you unless you allow him. Unless you have a relationship with you. God's not going to come down and be like, bam, okay. I'm just going to change you without you wanting to be changed. It's that we have to submit ourselves and surrender ourselves to God's will and to his presence. It's okay, God, I want you to change me. I don't want to be the old person. I don't want to carry the old things. I want to be different. I want to see an identity shift in my life. And the only way that we can continue, begin to allow the spirit and God to change us is by immersing ourselves in his word, in his presence, in worship, in Bible study, in, in prayer, taking time to meditate on his word, taking time to be in group together and study together, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, is saying, God, I want to immerse myself in what you have for me because if I, dwell, if I begin to dwell in this place of putting myself in your word, then my thinking is going to be different. When you're at work and you're doing your job or you're at school and you're doing what you're supposed to, that's where your mind is at. It's going to be. And that's what you're going to think on. The around the people and the relationships you're around, the people you're connected to, they're having conversation. That's what you're going to think on. And when you begin to immerse yourself in God's word, that's what you're going to think on. 
He's like, well, how do I change the way I'm thinking? Spend more time with God. How do I give God more of myself? Spend more time with God. It's not a hard thing to do. Some of us make it difficulty because we want to give him less time. And then we, then we struggle with the fact when we give him less time is why am I not feeling God's presence? It's because we don't spend enough time in God's presence. We only feel him for a second or two when we give him that limited amount of space and time. But when we submerge ourselves, immerse ourselves in his presence, then there's change. Thing is, there's no, there's no shortcuts. It takes time. It's being patient. It's, it's being diligent. It's walking out in faith. And then when you do this, you begin to gain a new mindset. Right thinking produces right living. Right living produces right thinking produces right living. And we begin to immerse ourselves in God's presence, then we can become a new way of living because the way we think is going to influence the way we live, the way we react, the way we respond, the way we love one another. When we put ourselves in that place, then the way we're allowing the Holy Spirit and God to shift us, then all of a sudden there's something different in the way we begin to live. Verse 24 of Ephesians 4 says, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Created according to God means that it's a new creation. We become a new creation. Second Corinthians five seventeen. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, is gone, and a new life has begun. It's because we made a decision to surrender our life to Christ, and as followers of Jesus, we made a decision to say, "I don't want to be the old person." And whether if you're in here today and you don't have that relationship, you have an opportunity to say, "I want to surrender my life." Whether you're in here today and you're carrying old things in your life that you haven't given up, God says, "Then you need to lay those things down." You're carrying baggage around constantly. You're dragging things around. God's saying you need to learn to live that with, live, leave that with me. To surrender it. Don't carry the things in your life. When you give the old, when you give your life a new, a new creation, the old is gone and the new has begun. New has begun. Paul's not telling us to renovate, to remake the old man to the new man. He's telling us to put on completely new and different garments. To become a different man. We're not putting on old clothes that have been washed and mended. We're getting a whole new wardrobe, a whole new set of clothing, a whole new person. And this new creation is according to God. In other words, it is what God is. This doesn't mean we become God, but that we become what God is intended for mankind. We become like Christ. To take on the very nature of who Jesus is, that is our goal is to be Christ-like. Is to say, God, I want to live up into who you want me to be. Paul says here that we become like him in his true righteousness and holiness. Righteousness refers to how we interact in our relationship with other people. Holiness refers to how we interact in a relationship to God. First Peter 1, 3 through 16 is a call to living holy. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God, who shows you is holy, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. In Romans six twelve through 14 Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give... 
into sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. We have to understand there's, there's this battle that's happening for our soul, for our bodies, for our mind. The old slave master, the sin, which has been defeated by Christ, but sin continues to attack us. It tries to rule us. It tries to dictate who we're meant to be and who he want, sin wants us to be. But sin will take over only what we allow and only what ground we give it. And we have to resist it. We have to fight. If you go on to read the rest of that Romans chapter 8 there, you'll begin to see, or Romans chapter 6, you'll begin to see as he talks about being slaves to sin and slaves to righteousness and slaves to who God is. We either make a choice of who we're going to be. We either choose to take the old things of our life and throw them off and walk in the new. Or we just say, I'm going to choose to live like an old person, the old way. And allow this to be what controls me. God's saying that you have to make a decision to what's going to be your master. We have a choice. We have a choice to change, a choice to do things new, to do things differently. Nita and I were watching the movie Remember the Titans yesterday, which was one of my favorite movies. I love a part in there where Coach Boone is... They're at, they're at football camp with all these new students. They just merged together, black and whites together, coming together. And he's trying to bring this team to a point of unity. But they're out on the field and, and they're all together and they're doing their exercises, doing up-downs and all different things as a team. And all of a sudden he makes this statement. He says, we're going to change. Everything's going to change. We're going to change. We're going to change the way we run. We're going to change the way we eat, change the way we block, change the way we tackle, change the way we win. We're going to change. Because we can't continue to do it the old way and expect any different results. He says we're going to change. And I love what Pastor Patrick talked about last week, changing in his life, that their small group had this challenge to do this 30-day thing of eating differently, which maybe some of us should do. Um, cover that up a little bit. Um, but he made this commitment to be like, you know what, I'm going to do this because in his body he felt things needed to change. And you heard his story, if you didn't, it, how he transpired through the next few days and all of a sudden things begin to feel different in his body. And all of a sudden in this diet, things begin to make him feel different. And I've seen that, I've heard him talk about it in the office and how he's transitioned from this and become a totally different person and how he eats and how it makes him feel. feel. And he was... Not too long ago, maybe last year, was talking about that they came back from a track meet. He was starving, had no place to stop. And he said, I knew that I shouldn't stop. But it was the only place to eat. I think they stopped at a McDonald's or something. He was like, oh, I knew what I wanted the old way. I knew it was going to taste good, but I knew I was going to pay for it. I knew it was going to hurt afterwards. I knew it was going to cause trouble in my body. But he said, there was nothing else to eat. And I went ahead and ate. He said, it was really good for a moment. Then I've reaped it afterwards. And how amazing you look at that, how that is in the picture of who we are. If we don't change the things in our life, we'll continue to repeat the past. We'll continue to repeat those things because they look good and they're enticing. And we, we desire sometimes to go back to the old way, which is Paul is saying, don't. Don't allow it to entice you, to trap you. 
When we choose to change and take off the old and live up into the new and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be what leads and guides us, then the new reflects who God is in thought and in deed and action in our life and how we live and how we respond. The thing is, our actions are a byproduct of our relationship. Our actions are a byproduct of our relationship. And that relationship I'm referring to as a relationship with Jesus. People will see it. If you're connected to Christ, it's going to be evident. If you're in love and you're sold out to him completely, it's going to be evident in your life. And the thing is, do you want to change something in your life? Do you want to get rid of something from your old way of living? And I would say the way ahead is quite simple. Sometimes it's not easy, but I believe it's simple. To learn from Christ, to hear him and be taught by him. As you're in his word, you pray. You're, you're in worship. You're in places to be a, a place where you want to grow. To be faithful, to be want to be invested in. And willing to invest in others. And maybe you're here today and you're, you're struggling with what to give up. Maybe you've come in today and you've never surrendered. And I would tell you today is a day that, as any other day, that you could surrender your life to Christ. To not hold on to things, doing it the old way, walking in the old things, continually trying to clean yourself up because you cannot do it on your own. It's not in our strength. It's not in my power. It's not what I can do. If, that was, if I could clean myself up, then I wouldn't need Jesus. And Jesus was pointless. The cross had no meaning or purpose if I can do it in my strength. So many people says, well, I need to stop doing this before I come to Christ. No, because you'll never stop. You come to Christ and let Christ begin to transform and change you. Let Jesus and his power change the way you think and the way you live. He will transform you. You just have to surrender. Come with all your garbage, all your baggage, everything that's your life and say, God, here it is. You know me, you see it. And today I'll make a choice to surrender. And maybe you've been living as a follower of Christ, but yet you're, you're still holding on to some things. And you're like, man, I've got, a, I've got some anger issues. I've got some thin thought issues. I've got some stuff that is kind of keeping me not from where God would want me to be. And today, make a choice to surrender that. And you can find any place in this worship center today. We're going we're gonna to take a few moments here just to worship to dwell in God's presence, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and whatever you want God to do in your life today. Just ask Him. Surrender. If you're needing more joy in your life, you're just needing more peace, say, God, begin to fill me more with your Spirit. Begin to fill me more with your presence. God, rid the things in my life. Show me the things in my life, maybe that I have not seen, that I need to get rid of. A lot of times we walk through and we're like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But the Holy Spirit's like, no, there's this, this attitude of pride, this attitude, whatever it might be. You need to work on this. Learn to surrender that to me. Because we never get to the point we've re, we have arrived and we don't need Jesus. Every day we need his power, his grace, and his mercy. And just like in the end of in that movie, we talked about trading places. As we put on the new man which renews our minds, we will become new men and women of God. Will you stand with us? As we continue in our heart of worship, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him reveal into your life.